The following podcast contains true stories of sex, kink, gender, or body image. Thanks for being a consenting adult, because here we go. All of my life, I've never fit, but I won't complain and I won't quit. I am enormous, get used to it. Everyone tells me I'm too much. Maybe it's just you're not enough for me. Can't you see? I'm the kind of woman I'm supposed to be. Hi there, and welcome to the Body Storytelling Podcast. I'm sexual folklorist Dixie Delatour, and this week we have a story from award-winning femdom, Alice in Bondage Land. How's your week going? I'm working hard right now, and I'm in that place I love to be, the brainstorming place. I've been contacting friends, asking them questions. I've had a lot of a lot of interest in my next workshop, which is going to be a sex and storytelling workshop. And in the process of coming up with that, which I'm really, really close on, I've come up with some other ideas. I mean, does anything make you feel more alive than realizing, oh my God, why have I never put that out? I've been teaching people how to do that forever. It should be a workshop. So here we go. I'm going to tell you about the first one that I'm rolling out. I have a brand new workshop. And you are going to want to sign up for this one. It is called Storytelling to Get the Sex You Want. You can do it wherever you are. You can do it with your friends. You can brainstorm together and you are not going to believe how fun this is going to be to create. And I can tell you, I have had people that I have worked with for years and years tell me it works. In fact, it was a conversation I had last week with two different people that made me realize I should teach this to you. There's a link to the workshop in the show notes, and you can find it on the website too. Sign up as soon as possible. This puppy is going to be popular. I love lube, and my favorite lube is Uber Lube. It's a pure premium silicone lube that's uniquely designed to transfer sensation and reduce friction. Lube's the key to maximizing pleasure, whether you're alone or with a partner. Ideally, lube enhances touch and it doesn't overpower it. Uber Lube is great for all kinds of play, vaginal, oral, or anal, and thousands of doctors recommend Uber Lube for their patients for its simple ingredient list. UberLube offers just the right amount of slip while still allowing for skin-on-skin sensation. And it comes in a handy single-hand use pump for the perfect amount every time. UberLube offers long-lasting sensation when you want it, then it quickly dissipates without leaving a sticky residue. It cleans up easily, there's no flavor or scent. And UberLube is offering body storytelling listeners a special offer. 10% off and free shipping when you use the code D-I-X-I-E at uberlube.com. When you have your magic moments, you wanna make sure you do them with the highest quality, most body safe ingredients. 
and that means you want to use Uberlube. And remember, 10% off and free shipping. Just use the code Dixie at uberlube.com. When it comes to lubrication, Uberlube's the best. Uberlube, it lets you feel what you want to feel. There is nothing like a live body storytelling show. And we have one left. We're going to take a break from live shows, focus on online offerings for a while, and that means you want to catch this show. Our last one of 2022, our last one until our 16th anniversary in February 2023, is going to be happening on Friday, November 18th. And we have a great lineup for this show. The theme is Pornocopia, Stories of Abundance and Gratitude. And we have iHeartRadio's Lila Danolo of the Positively Sex podcast. We've got a lot of bootay, cabaret sensation, and podcast favorite, and also the bonkers Brit, Claire Hennessy. She's an award-winning storyteller and podcaster, and I'm thrilled to say it's taken so long. We've finally gotten our beloved Jefferson Berkey back. It's going to be a reunion. We haven't had him in a long, long time. There's even more to come, but this is it, y'all. This is it. So make sure you get tickets to the live show, if at all possible. And if not, get tickets to the live stream. They're available in the show notes and on our website at bodystorytelling.com. I can't wait to see you live and in person. Well, it's time for a story. So that means I'm going to tell you about this week's storyteller. Mistress Alice in Bondage Land is on a mission to put a sense of fun back into femdom, in the lifestyle, and in her media. Turned off by bored performances and contrived scenarios in 1990s commercial videos, Alice in Bondage Land set out to document friends and lovers who played hard but were not afraid to laugh in the middle of an intense BDSM scene. She's been on a winning streak ever since and wants to bring acceptance with her to the top. Voted most likely to be Betty Page in high school, awarded Ms. Santa Clara County Leather and winner of Best Bondage Website via the Bondage Awards, she is on a 23-year romp through fetish scenes, kinky art happenings, sex-positive education, and movie mischief with 500 videos and counting. Come join her two monthly cross-dressing club meetings in San Francisco or online via Zoom if you're ready to explore your gender in a healthy, open, and flexible way. Her kinky propaganda goals are to educate, empower, and inspire. One of the years that she won Best Bondage Website at the Bondage Awards, I officiated the Bondage Awards and presented her with one of those awards. This storyteller is Alice in Bondage Land. All my parents wanted from me was for me to win them a gold medal at the Olympics. <laughs> now that might sound very far-fetched, but when both of your parents are in the Olympics and it's kind of the family business, it starts to sound a little bit more reasonable. You know, it's only 12 hours a day, every day, 365 days a year, to be essentially the equivalent of Batman. You know, think about it, you're trying to be the best in the world 
at something. But there is always someone younger, always someone better, always someone from Russia that trained that 13th hour 366 days a year. So you can kind of say it's a moving target. Well, neither of my parents managed to win the Olympics. However, they did have this amazing Olympic genetic material. Maybe the key to winning the Olympics was to start younger and stronger with super children. <laughs> that was clearly the answer. So I learned from the time I was five years old how to shoot a gun because they were both in gun sports. By the time my hearing was shot, I started to rebel and I wanted to be an archer. I figured then at least, then the things I was hunting would have a fighting chance. But also because it would get the thing that explodes away from me. <laughs> These are the things you value when you're a child. The thing that explodes, go over there. But when I failed to qualify for the California Junior Archery Squad, we had to audition a series of alternate Olympic sports for me. Not a gun person, that's okay, that's okay, we'll find something. Uh, archery, not so much, okay, okay. How about gymnastics? Gym that's pretty cool, yeah, gymnastics. I was a terrible gymnast, terrible. So then it was the high jump, yeah, the high jump. Then it was the long jump, yeah, the long jump. Then it was pole vaulting, yeah. Yeah, then it was sprinting, then it was cross country, then my knees blew out. So we figured, ah, synchronized swimming. It's low impact. It'll be great. Your hamstrings can heal. Synchronized swimming. Because that's a really cool thing to do when you're in junior high. Being in the Olympics requires insane levels of not just ambition and dedication, but insane levels of insane. You're trying to be better than six billion other people at one stupid thing that you've decided must secretly be important. <laughs> All to get your name somewhere and to get a piece of metal. I would much rather go buy a piece of metal if I can help it. So synchronized swimming was not gonna cut it at all. So we figured, why not some winter games? We don't live anywhere that it snows, but I was able to train at the ice skating rink that Christy Yamaguchi trained at. We got up at 4.30 in the morning to drive to San Jose so that I could ice skate with girls I hated. So then I decided I would have to rebel again. I was going to quit the family business and go to college. Very edgy decision at the time. My parents were very upset. I owed them an Olympic gold because they couldn't cut it. I needed to fill that gap. But the, at the time, the only thing that I could think of, 12 hours a day, 365 days a year, was sex. And I heard that there was a lot of sex at college. And I wanted to be great at sex. I wanted to be in the Olympics of sex. So I better go get really, really good at it. It wasn't long before I had a cultural anthropology degree. 
And I was making porn, because that's kind of what you do with a cultural anthropology degree. <laughs> I'm not sure if my university really caught on, but by the time I was starting a BDSM student organization and got funding to bring educators in under the umbrella of Queer Week, being voted Betty Page, or most likely to be Betty Page in high school, suddenly didn't sound quite as far-fetched anymore. But the only problem was, when you're naked on the internet, you get some really, really weird fan mail. Like seriously, you get the most bizarre emails from people that just have to tell you the most bizarre, shameful, or dirty secrets of their sex life. So I'll get these emails. They're almost always confessions. Dear Mistress Alice, I am 83 years old and my wife just died, so now I can finally tell someone that I like to wear panties. I've liked to wear panties my entire life. You are the first human being that I have ever told about this. Thank you for listening, your loving panty boy. <laughs> not just once, not just twice, but almost every week, I will get an email from a panty boy convinced that he is the only panty boy in the universe. <laughs> At one point, every member of my Dungeons and Dragons group all came out to me, but not to each other. And it doesn't just stop and start with panties, no, no. Dear Mistress Alice, I secretly like it in the butt. You're the only person that knows. Thank you, goodbye. <laughs> Dear Mistress Alice, I secretly wanna suck a penis. I think I might be bisexual. You're the only one that knows, thank you. <laughs> it's like because they've seen the crazy shit that I already do in my personal life and I put it on the internet, I must somehow be unshockable. For, for a long time I really did think that I was unshockable, but even in the porn community there are a few prudes, let's call them, or a few people that aren't quite ready to be this out. One of my favorite examples of this is a guy I like to call the man of a thousand faces because he wears a different mask in every porno he's ever been in. Because he doesn't want his wife to, in LA to know that he comes to San Francisco to shoot porn. And then he doesn't want his girlfriend to know that uh, he also not only likes to spank her, but sometimes he wants to be spanked too. So somehow I became the arbiter of all of these secrets because he figured that, well, Alice is freaky enough, it probably won't be as weird as things that she does. But I noticed that he was living a Russian nesting doll set of identities where none of them were ever allowed to know about each other and never the two shall meet. And then I kind of realized that I was doing the same thing. Even though I liked to tell myself that I was out and proud and I use my real face and my real name, I lived in secret terror that eventually my parents would actually use the internet and they might Google my name and then they would know. Because you see, all this time I had been trying to include my parents in the most parent-friendly of ways. I would never use the word pornography. I would never use the word bondage. 
It would always be things like, hey, mom, yeah, today we took little Jimmy pee pants and we made him wet his little IT khakis and walk all the way across the Golden Gate Bridge because we're filming him in secret and we wanted to see how the tourists would react to this giant puddle while he waddled down the way because we had a theory that that would be almost like an invisibility cloak because people are so uncomfortable when you do something unexpected that they just pretend not to notice the unusual. I think my mom for a really long time was just trying not to notice the unusual things I would tell her. But she would very play, oh really? Hmm, that's very interesting. Yeah, yeah, mom, it's for like a reality TV show for the internet. <laughs> and I managed to keep up this little double life facade where my parents knew that I was doing strange things, but they didn't dare pry too far until I won the Bondage Olympics. <laughs> she was there. She can attest that it is true. So maybe it's not the Bondage Olympics, but it was the Bondage Awards, and I won Best Bondage Website! <laughs> which is about as close to winning an Olympic medal as you possibly can with your clothes off. <laughs> Unless you're a gymnast, and I'm already not good at that. So here I am award in hand, and I finally have good news to report to them. I won a gold medal. I won first place. I have a trophy. Because you know they really needed that trophy. And the problem was the trophy was a naked woman, and it had my URL right on the front. Alice in Bondage Land. And I knew my parents. I knew they would want to see the trophy. They couldn't just take my word for it. They needed to hold the prize. So I started with my stepmother. I figured she was safe. If she rejected me, I would just blame it on every stepmother being evil. But instead, she was overjoyed. She actually went and got her strap on that she hadn't touched since her previous husband had died. And she held it out to me, pleading. Do you know how to get your dad to open up more? <sighs> oh. Are there any videos that you could recommend? Because he's a little shy and I'm not. I pointed out that most of the videos that I own the copyright to, I'm actually in. And we both agreed that would be a little awkward. And then she helped me break the news to my dad, who took it rather stoically. I don't think he was that surprised. Ten years ago, when he accidentally bought a storage locker that had 20 years worth of drummer magazines and 10 gas masks, he gave them to me. He didn't need to ask what I was going to do with them. But he reminded me, don't tell grandpa, he's still angry women wear pants. 
the real challenge I thought was going to be my mother. When I liked wrestling a little too much, it was on to another sport. <laughs> so I asked her out for lunch, and her first question was, are you pregnant? No, mom. Well, why did you ask me out to lunch if you're not pregnant? <sighs> I took a deep breath. Mom, I won an award and I want to tell you about it. She gave me a long, slow look. Is it a weirdo award? <laughs> I kind of toyed with my brunch for a minute and looked up. It is a weirdo award, isn't it? Well, at least you won something. What is it? Mom, I won a, an internet video award for naughty videos. I won a bondage award. There was a long silence before she asked me, is there a trophy? And she proceeded to tell me that she had just started dating someone new. And it was really, really, really fabulous because not only were they in love, but he's the only American to ever win gold at their sport. So in this moment of, of new relationship energy and gold sparkle, she told me everything was perfect except he's a nudist. And not only that, they've been talking about swinging. <laughs> or to quote my mother directly, <clears throat> you know, I'm not exactly the kind of prude that I used to be. <laughs> the nut does not fall far from the tree, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I kind of had the hint when I found out she had gotten up to 300 pairs of high heels. That was, that was the first hint. But I guess what I'm saying is the moral of this story is that everyone has what they think are very dark, deep, dark, dangerous secrets. But actually, a lot of them are pretty similar. I think if we did a poll, we'd probably come up with the same top five dark secrets for at least two-thirds of this audience here. But also, that sometimes a little truth can be really healing. For instance... Right now, my mother is on a clothing-optional cruise in the Caribbean. She is sitting in a hot tub right now watching the meteor shower, wearing nothing except a gold medal. best you can be the king Kong banging on your chest you could beat the world you could beat the war you can talk the guy go banging on his door you can throw your hands up you can beat the clock yeah. you can move a mountain you can break rocks you could be a master don't wait for luck dedicate yourself and you go find yourself standing in the hall of fame yeah and the world's gonna know your name yeah 
in my You can walk straight through hell with a smile You could be the hero, you could get the gold Breaking all the records they thought never could be broke Yeah, do it for your people, do it for your pride And you're never gonna know if you never even try Do it for your country, do it for your name Cause there's gonna be a day when you're dead song was Hall of Fame by The Script, featuring Will I Am. As the year is starting to come to an end, I'm focused on making body better. And you can help me get there. I'm saving my pennies to buy new tech equipment for body. A new video camera, new computers, and a lot more so that our online options are more plentiful and fans like you can be part of body anywhere in the world. But new equipment is expensive. So if you become a member of our Patreon now, you can help us buy that equipment and grow. And the good news is you reap the rewards because you'll get to watch our stories as well as listen to them. Our most popular Patreon reward is our free live stream ticket at the $10 a month level because that's where you can watch an entire live body event uninterrupted. Not just one story, but hours of stories and song. Plus right now I'm creating some special events for Patreon supporters in the next couple of months. Coming soon, a patron thank you party where we'll be testing out a new live stream format I'm really excited about. We'll be doing a pornaments party in December, you know, making porny ornaments. And you do not have to be a Christmas celebrator to do that. And in January, we're gonna be doing an online body slam so you can try your hand at telling a story. If you're not a Patreon supporter yet, it's easy. Just go to patreon.com slash body. Select the tier and rewards that you want. And joining now means that you want this life-changing mission of self-love, empathy, and understanding to continue, flourish, and grow. 
I'm offering great rewards right now in addition to live stream tickets. You and me, hanging out together, telling stories. Doesn't that sound fun? If you join right now, you'll get to watch next week's show on the live stream. So do it as soon as you can. Stories allow us to teach each other and to make us realize that there are others like us out there in the world. Go to patreon.com body right now. Become a member. And thank you. Well, that's the end of our time together. But before I go, I want to say thank you to the people who make this podcast possible. Thank you to Donald Mooney, to David Grossoff, to Mosa Maxwell-Smith, Ruben Tan, Ty McKenzie, Joe Moore, and podcast producer Roman Din Haldiker. I'm sexual folklorist Dixie Delatour. This has been episode 249 of the Body Storytelling Podcast. Thanks for listening. I'll be-